We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live once again. It is the Field of 60 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. It is Sunday morning, and I am joined by a very special guest. I don't have to just look at uh, Jeff Goodman today. We have Danielle Sargent Musselman, the wife of Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman, his better half, if you will. So, Danielle, thank you for being here. Thank you. Much Much better half. Much better half. Way better. better. Way better. How are you feeling today? You got Elite Eight. Big win. It's incredible. I mean, we went to the Sweet 16 when we were with the University of Nevada, and it was it felt like such a high. It was something that um, I said to myself, like, if we never get here again, I'll be okay with that because this is so awesome. And then here we are in the Elite Eight. It's honestly more than I can even wrap my brain around um, just two seasons in at the University of uh, Arkansas. <laughs> Danielle, do you remember the conversation we had uh, at a bar two years ago at the Final Four? Uh, you and Eric were, were there, and I went up to Eric, and there were some, some rumblings at that point about Arkansas being interested. I went up to Eric. I'm like, I'm like so give me, give me the scoop. What's going on? He looked over. He pointed at you. He's like, just ask her. <laughs> I went over to you, and, and you were like, I, I don't even remember what you said, but it was just so funny, his response of like, hey, listen, it's going to be her decision whether we go to Fayetteville or not. What was, what was that process like? Do you remember um, how hard that was for you? Because you're not an Arkansas girl. No, but you know what? I, I sort of am an Arkansas girl. My dad is actually from Arkansas. <laughs> so a little-known fact. And I, you know, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I spent a lot of my adult life out on the West Coast, but I am, you know, I'm, I am a Southern girl. And I know that Eric always wanted to get back to that Power Five level. And so whenever uh, he talked to University of Arkansas and that situation was offered, we just made a leap of faith. And um, I said, you know what, this is the level that you wanted to coach at. The SEC is such good basketball right now. Like, let's go do this. And so it, it was hard to leave the University of Nevada, just because we spent four years there. there That's the school that gave Eric a chance, you know, as, as a head coach. And we really loved everyone there and our fans and everything. But he really wanted to coach at that Power Five level. And the Arkansas job was, it was just perfect, clearly. <laughs> it worked out. Yes. So I, I want to know his process for deciding what the celebration is going to be after a win. You know, we've had him jumping on top of tables. We have him ripping shirts off. So I want to know, like, do you guys game plan this? Are you, no. are you kind of diagramming what the is going to be no. before games? 
No, no, there's no planning it out. It's all spur of the moment. He he said before, he kind of like blacks out. You know, people go crazy and then they're like, oh, I have no idea what just happened. That's his excuse. He says he just blacks out. And so just whatever, whatever he's feeling, I mean, nobody likes to win more than my husband, at least no one I've seen. Um, I do it sometimes think about the other coaches because I'm like, if such and such jumped on a table after beating us, like he would be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching Chris Beard waiting for your husband yes. the other day. And I'm like, I'm looking at Moss. I'm like, just get over there. Just shake his hand quickly the and then you can finish your celebration. You know, like, do, do you... Do you get scared of what he might do? Like, are you like cringing in a way at the end saying like, all right, like enough, like, like, let, let's go. Or what are you, what are you thinking? No, you know what? That's why our marriage works. I just accept him for all of his crazy, you know, <laughs> I have, I have some confidence that he's not going to take things too far. Yeah. Um, but you know, you tell me I, can't take his pants off ever. You know, yeah, you I'm take like, your shirt off. That's it. Pants off. <laughs> right, right. That would be too much. But for the most part, you know, I just, I let him be him and uh, just hope that he doesn't take it, you know, a little X-rated or anything. <laughs> well, I, I personally think he's a little bit of a show-off because, you know, he's got, he's got nice abs and he clearly worked out and, like, does push-ups. So, I mean, can you tell him, like, some of us are over here, you know, struggling a little bit, quarantine, maybe put on a couple of LBs. He's making us look bad. You know what, Eric? Ha yes, Eric works out. He loves to brag about his workout. Eric has the highest metabolism. Like, if I had Eric's metabolism, I would be a supermodel. Okay, <laughs> so don't don't let him uh, fool everyone. The man eats like pounds of gummy worms, and you know, I'm he's just lucky like that. <laughs> what, what's it like for you, Danielle, not being able to see him in person? Uh, you're at the hotel. Like, what is it like for a coach's wife throughout this run? You know what? It's it's okay. It's still fun. Someone asked me that last night. It's still fun because we have our, you know, the school took an entire charter plane up here. So all of the wives and administrators and a lot of people are up here that we can celebrate with. And you're definitely celebrating last night. But part of the best part of enjoying these wins is getting to celebrate with my husband and the team. And, you know, last time, we were in the Sweet 16. I was in the locker room. You know, I was in the locker room. My daughter, my sons, we were all in the locker room. And I, you know, really saw them putting the sticker. You know what I mean? We we really got to be there and be a part of that. So that's kind of disappointing um, that here they are making this amazing run. And we don't really get to be as up close and personal as we like to be. You know, I really miss him. But all that being said, I'm like, just keep winning. Keep winning and I'll, I'll deal for a couple more weeks. So last night when that shot was in the air, that, that last shot from Max Asmus, what were you thinking? Did you think it was going in? Did you think he hit it? No, I didn't think it was going in. It, this is this. I believe in the basketball gods, okay? And <laughs> <laughs> last year there were so many games that did not go our way that it was like it was really frustrating at some points during the season. And this year so many things have just gone in our way. And so I just continue to think that that's going to keep happening. I mean, I didn't really see the last two minutes of that Texas Tech game when I was there. Like, I watched it, but it was like a blur. You know, it was almost a blur. So when I was re-watching it, I'm like, they missed two wide-open free throws. I'm not free throws, layups. They missed two wide-open layups in that game. And, you know, we're, so we're literally a layup, 
and a three-pointer away from, from not being where we are. And I just think that this is kind of their year. I think they still have a hot shooting night left in them. It hasn't happened yet in the tournament. And I'm hoping that they're saving that for Baylor. So how, how stressful is that? You know, oh. you're sitting there and you're, and you're watching you're, you're watching Musk go through all of this. And I know that he's he's wired a certain way. So how, how stressful is that for you not being able to actually do anything? You just got to sit there and watch it. I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I hate every single second. <laughs> <laughs> I hate every single second. Like, I get so excited to go to the games. And as soon as the jump ball goes, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm miserable. Like, it's misery watching every possession. It's just, it's two hours of misery and then you celebrate so i, I want to know for, for people that are watching that um don't know why you're so good on on this because <laughs> of your background that uh you you hosted quite a few shows um in your previous lifetime how, how much do you miss being on tv hosting you know whether it's sports shows or or, or whatever do you miss it or it is now again i know you've got two two young kids no, I just we just have one 11 year old. The other, yeah, my stepsons are grown up, and I do miss it. But you know what, I miss um, more than the actual work because people think that what you guys do and what I used to do, they think it's like not work because it's fun. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, you get to go on TV, but I mean, it's it's actually it's work, um, and it's a lot of hours, and I don't but it's mind fun. not. But it's fun my- too. Yeah, I don't mind not sitting on my couch for 12 hours watching every single football every Sunday, you know, but I miss my friends. And every time it gets around the time of, you know, big events that I used to be at, I definitely miss the chance to just kind of be with my friends. I mean, you guys know how fun that is. And that's the the good part of the whole yeah. broadcasting. Well, job. we miss it this year. I mean, this year we haven't had it. You know, we haven't gone to games until now. Like yesterday. It's so funny. I went. You know, I've done four games every day. Yesterday, I did I did four games and bounced back and forth. Literally, got back at like whatever time it was. Rob did a podcast at, at like one thirty, and I was beat. I was exhausted because you're not used to it. Yeah. And I'm a little older than Rob, if you can't tell. So you know, it's, it's <laughs> a, lot, a, a, lot older day, a lot older than Rob. A lot older than Rob. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Um, give, give us your best must. Well, give us give us the story of how you met Mus too. Okay, so it's it's not that exciting. Musk was he was out of a job. I'll just start there. He was yeah. he had been fired from the Sacramento Kings. He was a single dad, um, and I was in Los Angeles and I was hosting a sports and media panel, and he was in the audience. And um, okay, this will take us to my best Musk story. And so he was in the audience and he was sitting with Lawrence Frank, who was the the head coach the the Nets at the time. They're good friends. And I, I think he fell in love with me the moment that he saw me on that stage. <laughs> my, that's my version of the story. So after it was over, um, I was sitting out like on a little chair with some friends eating. There was like a little a post, post-event reception. And um, he came over and we were talking. And I just remember thinking like how nice he was. He's telling all these funny stories. And then he asked, he asked for my phone number and I was like, oh, I think he's kind of hitting on me. So I gave him my phone number. We stood up after that. Okay. So we oh. met each other sitting down <laughs> and then we both stand up and I had heels on and I was a good, like three inches taller than <laughs> Mus. And I couldn't, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm taller than you. Bursting <laughs> out of my mouth. And he's like, like, so? <laughs> And so I was like, okay, he's, he's confident in it. So that's how we met. We're Very sitting cool. down. 
Very cool. All right, Daniel, I need to I need to get some ratings from you. I, I need grades on how good Moss is at certain things around the house, all right? Okay, okay. Like, we'll give you like one to ten or ABC. One one to ten works. All right. Okay. How good is how good of a cook is he? Oh, uh one. A negative. <laughs> is there a negative? He's a negative ten. Can he make a roll cook at all? Nothing zero. Nothing. He can't even he, he can't even make toast. He would ask me how to work the toaster. Come on. I'm not lying. So I think I know what this next question is going to go. How good is he at folding laundry? Oh, no. He's a 10. He does all of our laundry. This sounds like me. Wait, wait. Muss and I, I can't cook either, but I do everybody. Like, I try to do everybody's laundry until I screw up and put my daughters, you know, the whites with the darks and they ran. Then I was in trouble. But I'm, I'm pretty oh, no. good with, he's with laundry. He's a laundry sham. He's yeah. a, I actually sent him a picture since he's been in the bubble of me doing laundry because he doesn't <laughs> think I know how to do it. <laughs> Can he fold a fitted sheet? Does he know how to do that? Does he know how to do what? Fold a fitted sheet. Oh, no, probably not. I don't think anybody does. No. <laughs> what about yard work, Danielle? How is oh, he with yard a, work? That's a one. That's a one? No never, yard work never, either? I've never seen him do yard work ever. Yeah, can you run a vacuum cleaner? No? No, absolutely not. Does Can't even turn on the Roomba. <laughs> so so we figured out the only thing that Mus is good at is, is folding laundry. Yeah, they, other than that's coaching. it. And he's coach. a basketball coach, and he folds laundry. That's the two things he excels. You know, that's probably more than I'm I'm good for. So he's, <laughs> he's probably up on me. I can't coach. Uh, I can fold laundry, and that's about it. Listen, Danielle, we, we appreciate you taking a few. Uh, great to see you. Hopefully I'll see you in person. I'll yes. find you uh, on tomorrow. I'll, I'll try to find you before the game. All right? Sounds good. Great Congrats. to see you guys. Thanks for having me. You got Thanks, it. Danielle. Thanks, Danielle. All right. That was fun. We got we got the inside scoop on uh, on Coach Muss and the Muss. That was good at the end. That was a good that was a good call, Rob. The, the one yeah. to ten. I like that. I like. I, that. I'm, I'm shocked that he can uh, he can do laundry. Hold on. I'm, I'm really I'm really shocked. I do laundry too, but I can't do anything else. So laundry's like I think laundry's the uh, overrated one that, that you can do because you know what we can do it while we're on the phone. That's the key with laundry. You can fold while you're on the phone doing talking to other people. And it's not like uh, you can't mow the lawn while you're doing that. You can't do the other things. You know, folding laundry, it doesn't it doesn't take away. So you All can right. multitask with that. Let's uh, right. let's go. Let's do tonight's games. Um, so where do you want to start? You want to start with Creighton Gonzaga? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go right into Creighton Gonzaga and uh, and 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 my my hope that Mitch Belloc makes it fly uh, today. Yeah. You know, so at Bear Rivers, that line is currently thirteen point five. Uh, Gonzaga's line thirteen point five. Hasn't really moved. Hasn't moved really all week. It bounced a little bit. It went down to thirteen and it came back up to thirteen point five. But it's basically in that same range the whole time. Um, so what do you like there, Jeffrey? What do you got? I'm still going to take Creighton here. You know, I just feel like um, Gonzaga hasn't played this level team in a while. So I, I think, you know, ultimately. This is a team that we counted out three mm-hmm. three weeks ago, right? I mean, we weren't even sure if, if Greg McDermott was going to be coaching them in the NCAA tournament. Um, now it feels like they, they, they've got a purpose. Um, they feel like they've been counted out. Not, again, you know, to me, they've had a nice road. Santa Barbara and Ohio, good mid-majors. Don't get me wrong. Really good mid-majors, but still mid-majors at that. Um I just I just want to see again Mitch Ballock, who 
who's averaging um, – what's he averaging? How many – hold on, I had it over here. So he's averaging seven and a half three-point attempts this season. Okay? The last – here are the last six games. Two for three, one for seven, two for six, one for six, one for five, two for four. So he's not made more than two threes in a game over the last six games. He's got to be the Mitch Ballack that made seven of 12 against Seton Hall earlier this year or, or made eight of 14 against Marquette, to me, for them to have a chance. I, I think he's got to make at least five, at least five today for, for Creighton to have a shot. And obviously, Marcus Zagorowski, he's got to have a big game. You know, listen, Creighton's got five dudes. They do. Mahoney's good. Bishop's really good. Jefferson's good. You know, like, I think they can play with him for a while. Yeah, so I, I think what's going to happen is um, Greg McDermott is a really sharp coach. And there's some screaming in the background if you can hear it. My kids yeah. are going crazy. But if uh, I think he's a really sharp coach. And I think that he knows that he's not going to be able to run with Gonzaga. So I I expect him to um, to slow things down, try to go possession by possession, try to make this like a 65-possession game, try to play this game in the high 60s or low 70s, somewhere around there. And if he can do that and succeed in that, I think that Creighton has enough versatility and length and athleticism on their wings defensively. And I think that Marcus Zagorowski is good enough in ball screens to be able to keep it close. So the more I I think about this, the more I think that Creighton can cover. Now, I don't really think that there's much of a chance of them to win because if they play that style, they're playing a way – that um, is not their best. Because if they play the way that they like their best, they're playing right into Gonzaga's hands. And I don't think right. you can beat Gonzaga at their own game. So I expect them to try to slow it down. Um, now, the only thing is that that's the kind of situation where you increase the variance. The lower number of the possessions, the more variance in terms of like three-point shooting. With two teams that are both capable of hitting 14 threes in a game, um, it, it makes it a little bit riskier, I think, to, to kind of predict what's going to happen. Well, at a slower tempo, I just think Creighton will be able to play with them. And I fully expect uh, Greg McDermott to make the smart decision and try to slow the game down. So I've come around. I was anti I was anti Goodman on this uh, yeah. on this this matchup earlier, but now I'm on the same side as you. So I'm glad I did not. Yeah, uh, I, I just again I think I think they can keep it within single digits. You know, I I think thirty minutes in we're gonna see a close game here. Gonzaga pull away a little bit, but Creighton still end up uh, covering here. They Again, they got a point guard that's unflappable for the most part, right? I mean, Zagorowski does not get rattled. He makes good decisions. Same thing with Ballack. These guys make pretty good decisions. Now, the, the guys on the front line are going to have to make plays. They're going to have to make shots, whether it's Bishop, whether it's Jefferson, Mahoney. We, we, and, we talked about it last night with Deshaun. I think, I think Denzel Mahoney's the guy that's the key because – his size and strength is going to be something that's difficult for Gonzaga to match up with when they have their best five on the floor. Um, I don't as good as, as much as I love Kisper and as good as I think he can be on the defensive end. He's not someone that you want. I mean, Denzel Mahoney, six six, like two thirty. He's a, he's a man. Yeah, he's a yeah. beast. And yeah. I don't know if like he's the kind of guy that can go and get you twenty five tonight. And if he gets twenty five and Mitch Ballard gets it going from three, and Creighton can run run what they need to run offensively. Then, then they can probably make a game out of this thing. So, right. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the thing is, too, like, I mean, Kispert's numbers from three are insane lately. Like, I mean, almost every day this, this year, but, like, I mean, you look at it, and 5 of 11, Oklahoma, 8 of 12 from three, Norfolk, 
five of 13 BYU, five of 12 St. Mary. Like he makes, he makes more than five. Every, now again, he gets a ton of attempts. Like he can get in a rhythm so easy, but Mahoney can match him size and strength, which not too many guys in the WCC or certainly at Norfolk state um, can do. And, and again, I, I still go back to, they got an Oklahoma team without their second best player, probably certainly their second best score. So yeah, you, you love, you love that reference. Why do you hate the Zags Goodman? Why do you hate the Zags? Why can't you give them the credit they deserve? I love why, do you, the Zags. why do you hate the Zags? All right, let's move on. We got uh we got Michigan lane two against Florida state. Yeah. That total right now is one forty three. Yeah. Uh, we've talked at length about how much trouble we both think that the the size and the length of, of Florida State on the perimeter they defend, yeah. how much trouble that can give uh, Michigan. Are, are you are you still on Florida State here? Uh, the money line right now is plus 112, and that's probably where I'm going to end up being. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a toss-up game, obviously. I just – watching Mike Smith struggle against LSU and their athleticism mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and their, you know, bigger guards – now, it's not like Mike Smith hasn't faced bigger guards all year. He has, and he's done a nice job. But most of those games, he, he had a guy uh, named Isaiah Livers to help him out also in the wing. And, and I think that that's something. Can you count on Eli Brooks to do what he did in their last game? Can you count on Shondi Brown to do what he did in the last game? And I think they both are like 19 or 20 points um, yeah. in that yeah, game. I, I kind of feel like – you can't because those guys have been really solid role pieces. They have. Brooks has like, not like that though. Yeah, like you give you like credit because I, I do think like if you if you talk to Phil Martelli, if you talk to people on that Michigan staff, they'll tell you that Eli Brooks is the most important player on that on that team because of yeah. the way that he brings everything together. Um, and so I think that yes, I think that both of those guys are able to to make the plays that they need to be able to make. Now the question is whether or not. You think like the, the issue is those shots were created for them, right? Like they're not guys that are going to be able to create their offense themselves. And I don't know who on this Michigan roster can create offense against this defense. Like the whole the whole problem hard. that I'm yeah, it's, it's just look, we saw what Florida's Florida State's defense can do against a small guard when they completely ate up Kihei Clark when uh, when Florida State ran Virginia out of the gym um, a couple months ago, and Mike Smith. He's bigger than Kihei Clark. He's not that much bigger than Kihei Clark. Well, that's, I mean, that is my singular concern, is how do they create offense when you are going up against a defense whose sole purpose is to take you out of the stuff you want to run. And I think that so much of what Michigan gets comes out of the stuff they want to run. So um, I think there's two keys. How does Jawan Howard scheme ways to get Hunter Dickinson post touches against switches, right? Can he do that efficiently and effectively to a point where they can consistently get the ball to him? Um, and yeah. two, Franz Wagner. I think Franz That's Wagner needs to be the guy that can kind of take over this game. Like we've seen him go for two a bunch of times. Like he's got to be the guy in this game. And don't um, you worry about him against a big, strong bunch of like physical dudes? Like, like he hasn't shown up enough. Like we see yeah. it. And I think in the NBA, we'll see it eventually. I just don't know if he's ready for that. Like, like when Florida State takes it to him. Maybe maybe it'll help them because they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fight them. They're gonna mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he'll get pissed off and, and play hard. Maybe that's what he needs. I don't no, know. I don't, think, I don't think the issue is is playing hard because I think he does play hard. It's just like 
he's what makes him so great. Not assertive the, enough. He's not yeah, assertive yeah, enough. He's yeah, absolutely. Enough. Yeah, he's uh, assertive. That's the per- that's the perfect word to use. Um, I think what makes him great is the totality of his skill set in the sense that he can make threes. He can play off the dribble. He's a really good passer. The ball doesn't stick. He understands how to keep the ball moving from side to side. Um, he's a perfect piece in an offense, and he's basically playing the role that he'll play in the NBA right now for Michigan. The problem is when you ask him to take over a game, that's not really how he's wired, and that's not really what his skill set is at this point. So um, I think, one, yes, you're right. This is going to be the game that he needs to take over. And, two, I think this will be a great evaluation setting because this is the Florida State may not have as many pros as they did last year, but they have the size, the length, and the athleticism that Franz Wagner will see at his position in the NBA. So I do think this will be a nice setting to kind of get a sense for what he can do. Uh, all right, what else? Do you, do you have any um, – Andrew wants to know if we have any takes on the on the over-under here with uh, with those two teams. I mean I'm – on, I'm on every first half under. First half under is the first day of the game is it, This what? game is a banker's life. I would probably do that too. I'm on every first half under hit yesterday. I think Did they, they all hit yesterday. Everyone hit yesterday. I think the first weekend, um, it was hitting at like a 68% clip or something like that. I gotta have to go back to the exact numbers. The only uh, thing I worry about is that now these teams are, are used to playing. I don't know how many times Florida State and Michigan have played a banker's life. I, I, I'd like to look at that. I, I don't know that off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember where that where I saw them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like. I like the under there. I like the first half under. Um, All right, let's move on. UCLA, Alabama. Alabama's laying six and a half. That total there is 145. Jeff, I got a stat for you. Go ahead. What do you got? This? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. What, I'm ready. Does, what does Alabama shoot more than anybody else? Uh, threes. And in their dribble drive offense, what uh, what play type do you get more than just about anything else? It's spot-ups. Spot-up jumpers and closeout situations. Yeah. Do you know where UCLA ranks nationally, defensively, against spot-ups and closeouts? No. Go ahead. Last. 340th. More or less. The fifth percentile. Wow. The fifth wow. percentile against closeouts and spot-ups. That's not good. That doesn't That's seem like true. a good advantageous situation for Mick Cronin and the Bruins. I hope he didn't go to uh, to the window and, and put too much money on his Bruins on this one. <laughs> I hope he didn't put any money on his Bruins on this one. <laughs> are you are you saying? I hope he didn't put his house, his beautiful house, in in Westwood or where? So, I hope McCrone's not gambling because that'll get him fired. Um, <laughs> so here's the other stat that I'll give you: um, UCLA allows thirty eight percent of an opponent's yeah. field goal it's to be three pointers, and they allow their opponents to shoot thirty four percent from three. So. Um, I, I mean, look, Kempom has this as a, at a, at a four-point spread. Uh, the line is six and a half. I think that Alabama wins by, like, 12. Yeah, I think it could get ugly. Uh, here's my other issue. Kind of like we said with Mike Smith, those small guards. Well, Alabama's got a lot of length against Tiger Campbell. Tiger Campbell is, is tiny. And uh, they could even put, if they want to, Alabama, they could put Herb Jones on him. Like, I don't good know. luck with that. That's not what I would do if I were them. But, would, but at uh, times, I'm not. No, they're not going to start with Herb Jones. But what I'm saying is, if they want to mix it up, they could throw Herb Jones for a stretch on Tiger Campbell, and he could literally stay with Tiger Campbell. 
Yeah, I, I think what they their best decision would be because because Javon Quinnell is going to be on the floor. And so you got to put you got to put him on Juzang. You got to put you got to put Herb Jones on Juzang and make sure he doesn't make threes because that's I the difference. Probably, I would probably put him on Jacquez and then let like John Petty no. hang around. Yeah. No. You get listen. You can win the game. Like to me, if Juzang makes seven threes, then you're in trouble. Yeah, and John Pe- John Petty's a good defender. He can chase him off the screens. I think that that Jacque is the, like he's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. I'd want the size. I don't trust, I don't trust Petty defensively like I do Turk. I, I, you know, to me, you got to make sure Johnny Juzang does not get going in this game. Jelly fan JQ, you got Joe in the house. Jelly uh, fan let's JQ. hope. Let's hope he I, Joe likes him. That's good, Joe. Joe, you're a good boy. Uh, still liking Quinterly after he left Villanova after that miserable experience he had at Villanova. But yeah, I think I'm yeah. proud of you. I'm proud I, of you. Honestly, like I don't know how much of a uh, of a um, conversation it is right now for Alabama. this is the only game that I might not go to today. So like I'm I'm gonna go to four probably, but I'm thinking to myself I'm starting at Hinkle uh, with with Creighton Gonzaga. I don't. Unbelievable. Well, we got to shame him, guys. Like, we got to shame him. You, you are in Indy, right? Yeah. There, there are seven basketball games left this season. Seven. No, that's not you true. Forgot. There are well, nine. What I'm saying is, if, no, if, that's not true. There are, 11, <laughs> there are 11 basketball games left this season. 11. And you're going to skip one of them? Unbelievable. I'm going to text Warlock and tell him to take your credential away. I'm going to try to go to four. I'm going to try. But, like, if you that – do that, it. Don't be soft. If that Florida State-Michigan game is good, I want to stay to the end. I want to try to get some good color you afterwards. You leave UCLA-Alabama early. But if you don't if you don't at least try to go to that game, unacceptable. I could do that. I could do that. All right, we'll, we'll see. By the time – listen, you're going to be I'm afraid of is by the time I get there. I'm going to bring John Fanta on every morning. You're going to get kicked off here. It's going to be me and Danielle Sargent every morning breaking down the best bets, getting you up out of here, getting you up out the paint. Fan is fan is still hung over from last night. I bet you he doesn't even make it to the Creighton uh, game at, at, at two o'clock. He's going to be hung over. He's still at the bar in downtown Indy. Yeah, he never Passed left. Out. He slept there. Um, all right, last game. Yeah. UFC minus two facing Oregon. The totals one thirty eight. Uh, Jeffrey, where do you stand on this one? This is the hardest cat for me. By far, this is the hardest game. I mean, I just watch like it's so hard because you just watch USC blow out Kansas. Now, I know Kansas isn't very good this year, but they, they I mean, it was an absolute steamroll. And uh, the Mobleys were great. And I'm just, I'm impressed with like how hard that team plays, you know? And, and I really think Andy Enfield's done a great job with that team, you know, blending some of these transfers that we didn't know much about. Like Drew Peterson comes from what, Rice? We're like, all right, you know what? Like he's going to be okay. He's not going to be great, but like he's been really, really good. Um, but I just can't get over, like, I can't get around betting against Dana Altman in the tournament. I can't, like, I literally can't do it. Um, especially when Dana Altman's got talent and he's got kind of the, the new age way of, of, of playing, which is spread you out, have a bunch of really good wings, have a bunch of really tough wings and make shots. Now, again, they're not going to have an answer for, for Evan Mobley. They're not. Like, But I don't know if anybody does. I think Evan Mobley in his sleep gets like 20 and 10 in this game. Mm-hmm. You just can't let his brother get going. Like, 
Kansas allowed him to get going. That that to me is the key. You can't let some of those other guys get going. Give give Evan Mobley his his twenty and ten, um, and you better make shots if you're Oregon, and you better not get crushed on the glass. So I'm going to take the Ducks quack quack, but I'm I'm I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. I just I think that it's a good sell high spot on USC. You know, after the blowout of Kansas because of everything that, that Kansas was uh, was kind of going through last night um, or last night, last week. And uh, I think that the, the mismatches that are going to be created by Oregon playing on the perimeter will be a little bit too much for USC to handle. That said, if you were to tell me that Evan Mobley was able to guard um, Amaru Yi or Eric Williams or whoever he is getting matched up with, uh, their size forces um, – Forces Dana Altman to have to play the kept name kid, and um, then you're in trouble. And then, yeah, then then I think that it becomes a little bit of a uh, trouble right. because Isaiah Mobley and Evan Mobley, in theory, can both defend fives on the perimeter. So um, I don't feel comfortable about it at all. Uh, I do think that the place that I want to be, I, I think this is basically a pickup, right? I think these are two very equal yep. teams, and I understand that USC beat the brakes off of uh, Oregon already this season, yep. um, but I do think that this is very much a pickup. Very much a um, uh, a game where with two teams that are even, and so I just want to be on the side that's plus money and plus value. So that's where I'll be with Oregon. Uh, what else? Somebody asked a question of what fan base has shown up best in Indy this week. I would say Arkansas. Those fans are awesome. They're awesome, but they're not. I, I, the Woo Pig Suey chant drives me crazy. But uh, their fans are really, really passionate. Uh, there's a ton of them here. Uh, I think they just fit them all. They, they just throw them all under the must bus. And it's like one of those like clown cars where you just keep Arkansas fans just keep coming out of the must bus and it's never ending or something. Uh, but I would I say Arkansas. I want to hear you call the hogs. What's that? I want to hear you I'm call the hogs. No, Let me not, hear it. Do it. You I'm, do I don't it. even know what it is, but it, it it's it's honestly one of the more annoying chants in, in college sports. All right. Well, that's where we're going to end. We have uh, – we have we have the lovely Danielle Sergeant Musselman on, and I love her. But the chant, the chant's good. Jeez, that's, that's man. You, you got to piss all the Arkansas fans off. It's Arkansas fans off. Anyway, um, we appreciate you guys being here. We'll be back a little long. Let me try that again. We will be back again tomorrow morning to break down uh, the Elite Eight games and to talk to you about what happened um, today. Pet Rivers, Pet Rivers, there it is. Pet Rivers, yeah. Use Pet Rivers promo code two fifty match gets a two hundred fifty dollar match deposit and. Jeffrey, if you guys come back tonight uh, at the end of the games, which will probably be around midnight or so, we are going to be doing another live post game show. I don't know if we're, I don't know if Deshaun and I are going to allow you to be on the stream. Um, well, here's see. the thing. Here's the thing. Fanna and I have already said we are probably uh, he'll be gone unless Creighton wins. He's going to be gone. Um, I mean, he went into a bar last night. Uh, I, I might, it's too cold out to, to drink outside tonight. It was beautiful yesterday. So I may be doing it. Well, maybe I'll do it again here, eating more cold pizza and drinking blue moons. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.